Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, July 10th, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 39 at the first paragraph. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Leon B., Ginger C., Janice B., Kathy S., Pam M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, July 9th, 7 a.m. Eastern Meeting, 13,129. That's 13129. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Meeting, 13,130. That's 13130. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Kathy S. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Kathy. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S. calling from Georgia. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy. I will now ask for Pam M. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Pam. Blessed morning, fellows. This is Pam M., calling in from upstate New York, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first, 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, each OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, OA has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a great day. Thank you, Pam. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And if you can avoid uh, speaker phone, that would be good as well. Today, we resume our study in the big book. Uh, We are in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 39, reading that first paragraph and one paragraph only. I will ask for Leon B. to get us started. Go ahead, Leon. Good morning. This is Leon B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. That may be true of certain non-alcoholic people who, through drinking foolishly and heavily at the present time, are able to stop or moderate because their brains and bodies have not been damaged as ours were, but the actual or potential alcoholic, with hardly an exception, will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. This is a point we wish to emphasize 
and re-emphasize to smash home upon our alcoholic readers as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. Let us take another illustration. Uh, and I, I'm, what I want to look at and what I thought about was the absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And when I first um, read the self-knowledge, I thought it was talking about like like diets and how to, how to lose weight um, in and of yourself and, and these self-help books. And, and I thought about uh, um, when I took a biochemistry class and I learned about how many calories to to lose a pound, and I started doing all these mathematics of how much weight I needed to lose, and I was calculating how many calories I needed to burn per day and how many weeks it would take for me to get to my goal weight, and I was figuring out my basic metabolic rate and multiplying that by my activity. I mean, I just went through a a, a whole exercise on a whiteboard, and I called my wife into the room and said, look, look, you know, I figured out how I'm going to lose all this weight, and and um, and um and she just kind of looked at me like, you know, have you gone mad? And I remember I'm, I'm going to start this tomorrow, but tonight I'm going to go go for it. Um, that type of knowledge is not what this is talking about. You know, this is talking about the knowledge that, and I hear, I hear this saying that's quoted on this line that having a, a head full of big book and a belly full of food is not a great feeling. And this is talking about having the knowledge of that we have this allergy to the body. We have this obsession of the mind. We can't stay stopped when we want to stop. And when we start, we can't stop. We're in disease. And we've learned about this disease up until this point. We've learned about this mental obsession. We've learned about this curious mental phenomena that runs parallel to our sound reasoning. We've learned about the mental blank spots. And, and even in knowing all of that, that is not enough that won't save us. And we're going to learn about that in the next story about having this self-knowledge of this program. That is but a beginning. We have to have this spiritual awakening. We are, we have no effective mental defense against the first drink. And that I'm so glad that we're going through this chapter as slow as we are paragraphs day by day, because I have just learned so much more Um about my disease, but thank God that I have gone through with the steps. I've gone through this process, and when I yielded myself to this process, I got this huge power that did come into mind, and I could share a lot more about having a, a head full of other, of another book, the Bible, and, and a, a belly full of food crying out to God, trying to figure out why he won't take this away, and these steps were, were the key, yielding myself to this process and yielding myself to my higher power and letting him lead and guide me. This has been by far the best life. Um, and I, that's all I have to share. And I pass. Thank you so much, Leon V, for getting us started. So we'd love to hear from you if you haven't shared for a couple of days. So I'll be taking names now. So if you give me your first name and first initial of your last name, that would be great. Well, Nessa R. Nessa R. Larry. Larry K. Larry K. Barbara B. Ginger C. Barbara B. Ginger. That was Barbara E. Barbara E. Got it. Thank you. Uh, I can take a couple more. Amelia O. Irene B. Eileen B
There was someone Jenny else. That, there was someone else there that I missed. I didn't get your name at all. It was pretty uh, distorted. Sounds like you were on a speakerphone. Okay, well, I'll get you next round. Here's what I got: Tina F, Nessa R, Larry K, Ginger C, Barbara E, and Eileen B. Now that was Barbara B that came in. Oh, so Barbara D, you're in there as well as Barbara E. Barbara okay, B was before Barbara E. Got it. So I did have that. Okay, Barbara yeah. B. Not imagining things. Okay, so let's try this again. Tina F, Nessa R, Larry K, Barbara B, Ginger C, Barbara E, and Eileen B. Tina, go ahead. Thanks so much, Amy, for your service. Tina S. Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Wow, great paragraph. And thanks so much for the share. It was wonderful. You know, I'm so grateful to be on the same page uh, and to be a part of uh, Overeaters Anonymous and be doing the deal, bottom line, because, you know, I love what was talked about. You know, uh, we will we will be absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. You know, I always prided myself on my intellect. Well, you know, the good news about a power greater than myself that, you know, does for me what I cannot do for myself. By the time I came in here the last time, I couldn't think. I'd starved myself so bad that I couldn't think, I couldn't put a sentence together in my mind. So my intellect was already gone. And I had to be beaten to that place of reasonableness. You know, I, I'm all over this as far as the symptom of the disease, the weight. You know, I've been 165 pounds. I've been 90. You know, so the bottom line is that that is but a symptom. You know, the problem centers in my mind. Lack of power is my dilemma. And I love that it was shared. I can know this big book front and back, you know, because I can memorize, you know, I can say some stuff and give you a page, you know, but bottom line, am I doing the deal? Am I putting this stuff into practice? Practical application is what they're talking about. You know, I came here and read the big book. I talked to you all about it, but I wasn't doing the deal. I was still in step one. I was certain that I was powerless, but my life was not unmanageable by me. Well, the good news and the bad news is it is unmanageable by me. And through the steps, steps 2 through 12, you know, I have a spiritual awakening, a transformation that I am no longer that same person. You know, that God does for me what I cannot do for myself, but he does not do for me what I can. And, you know, so I have to take some action and do some stuff that I don't usually want to do, but I do it anyway. You know, because I love the life I have today. You know, and this is some great stuff, and I'm I'm just eager to hear what everybody else has to share. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Tina S. Nessa R., you are up. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I would say in the sense of knowledge, that knowledge is important. Um, You know, I struggled... um, my first nine years in the rooms of OA, and I would attribute a great part of that to the fact that although I knew that I had an illness, I didn't know that I had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. I didn't know the uh, nature of my, of my illness. I didn't know the allergy of the body, which is the imperative uh, for um, entire abstinence, and I didn't know about the obsession of the mind, which is the imperative for working the steps. Um, but knowledge alone is not enough. You know, this is not a, prob- uh, a program of knowledge. It's a program of action. You know, it has to be internalized. You know, throughout, throughout the years that I struggled to control the weight and the food in and out of the rooms, I learned a lot about nutrition, about exercise, about dieting. About, I mean, I had a lot of information. 
and it didn't help me at all. And I'm a, I'm a very smart person. Um, um, I guess humbly speaking, you know, I, I graduated at age 22 uh, from an Ivy League school with a master's in business administration. You know, I've always been top of my class, you know, but all, all that knowledge did not help me at all in my battle with food and weight, you know, and even the knowledge of uh, the allergy, knowing the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, knowing that I'm powerless over food, knowing the food is not my problem, but my solution, and it's a poor solution, knowing that my real solution is God, even all that knowledge helped me, didn't help me at all until I put it into action, until I uh, internalized it and said, yes, allergy of the body translates into I have to let go of my trigger foods 100%, 100% of the time, you know, knowledge that, you know, the obsession of the mind means I have to work the steps according to the big book um, as fast as possible and thoroughly as possible, you know, for me to eradicate the obsession of the mind, which is the greater aspect of my disease, one day at a time. And, you know, because I know that this is, um, uh, um, I'm never cured, I can be recovered, I have to continue doing um, this, this program for the rest of my life, one day at a time, until I put all that into practice and I internalized and I made it part of my life, uh, nothing could happen, you know, and I hear about for the grace of God and, and this, this beautiful program, I am recovered today, and my plan is to stay recovered, which means I have to um, keep doing what I've been doing the past seven and a half years. If it works, don't fix it, and I'm just going to continue going, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Larry K., your turn. Hi, Amy. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks Good so morning. much for your service, Amy. Um, you know, I, I want to focus. You know, maybe I'm not even an alcoholic. Um, maybe I'm an alcoholic in training. <laughs> you know? Maybe I'm a potential alcoholic. But the big book is making something crystal clear here. Whether I'm currently a compulsive overeater or a potential compulsive overeater, you know, one in training, the trajectory is the same. I simply will not stop uh, uh, eating on the basis of self-knowledge. So now let, let's be clear about something. I, I might be able to refrain from eating from time to time, but that period will always be temporary. It's always going to give way to a binge. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you are a compulsive overeater or you're just one in training. You know, only you get to diagnose yourself and answer that and, and come to a place of acceptance of that. But here's the truth. The predominant consideration of an untreated compulsive overeater, an untreated potential compulsive overeater, is not if they're going to eat again. Oh, they're going to eat again. You know, if, if suggests a conditional supposition, a conditional idea, if involves self-will, as if, you know, if I have enough information about the disease, I'll decide to eat lettuce and, and sticks and leaves. If, you know, I gain control over my emotions, I won't binge on ice cream with an oar. You know, if my partner accepts me, I won't vomit five times a day in a stall. The real question for us is not if we're going to eat whether you're the real thing or you're just the potential one in training. No, the big book is making it abundantly clear that the real consideration is when you're going to eat. You're going to eat. You have a biological mandate, you who is in training. 
you're going to eat again. It's, an, it's a biological imperative that an untreated potential in training eater will pick up their heroin food substance again. You know, I have to learn more about self-knowledge here. Self-knowledge, self-absorption, the self, the me, the my, the I. All I can think about all day long is me. The steps begin to treat that. We move from a, a self-absorbed centered existence to a God-absorbed centered existence. That's what the steps do. Then we don't need the food anymore, whether you're potential or you're the real deal yet. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Barbara B., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Barbara, press star one, unmute. This is Barbara B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And um, before the big book goes on to take another illustration of Fred, what it's calling up for me is myself as an illustration of this. And what I'm recalling is the fact that um, in my many attempts to deal with the compulsive overeating and the misery of this unmanageable life, um, when we were living uh, in New Jersey, there was a well-known author on food addiction, and she was giving a course to a group based on her book. And so I went for an interview, and she said to me, if you are able to deal with yourself and your relationship with your mother, I guarantee you, you will not overeat compulsively. And I thought, oh boy, here's the answer. So I went into the course. There were 20 of us. I drove an hour and a half every Thursday morning to go to it. And 19 people in that room recovered, so to speak. They stopped overeating. They lost weight. Their lives became more manageable. But I couldn't deal with what was revealed about myself and my mother and the relationship, and I binged on the way home every single week. Well, that says to me that I'm clearly different from these other people. As it says, I was absolutely unable to stop overeating compulsively on the basis of self-knowledge or the knowledge of the relationship. I needed the steps. I needed the spiritual awakening. I needed to have a program that was spiritually based with a practical plan of action. That's what me, The other people didn't need it, but that's what I needed, and that's what I need today, and I'm very thankful to recognize that. I pass. Thank you, Barbara B. Okay, Ginger C., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Great. Thanks so much, Amy, for your service this morning. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. So absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And again, my brain is filled with a bunch of lies. The biggest one was that food was okay and a solution to my problem. But then this other lie that if I only managed well and figured things out, if I understood myself better, then I'd be okay. So I thought Oprah was my best friend, and I bought more books off Amazon from that woman, thinking if I just read this one, then I've got a new angle, another another layer, another understanding. And I'm just having such gratitude in my heart this morning for my amazing husband that has walked by my side for 28 years. You only need one book, and it's the big book. 
And um, but I wouldn't listen, you know. I'm going to do it my way, and I have to figure this out. And it's all about me. And so, don't I keep myself out of this show from happening? Absolutely. But I love more the sentence further down, where it says we emphasize and reemphasize to smash home upon the alcoholic reader as it has been revealed to us out of bitter experience. That's when I really learned. Let me have my pain. Let me do what I need to do. Because that's where I'm going to concede from my head to my heart. And I know for a fact I struggled in a way for many, many moons because I wanted to have my food and eat it too. N-O-A. So I was going to manipulate it, control it, figure it out. I thought for sure the sugar-free diet was like good to go. That was the answer. Just like an AA, I thought, well, just drink beer only. It's not vodka. It's not that Tito's. Alcohol's alcohol, food, sugar, those ingredients, they're never changing. But again, thank God for that experience because it takes what it takes. And it's pretty bitter. It does get pretty painful because, of course, it only progresses. But that's what finally, the food surrendered me. I did not surrender. The food beat me to a pulp and surrendered me to a place where I was finally willing to A, give up, B, get entirely abstinent, was really upset when God said, give up cheese, didn't want to, sugar was one thing, but cheese is another. But I was willing to go to any length for victory because I had no choice. I was dying in this food and I saw it for what it was for the first time. So again, if you're eating today and you maybe need to eat some more bites, I don't know. It took what it took for me, but I'm so grateful I finally got it because I have been reborn through these 164 pages. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Barbara E., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. It is Barbara E., who has just developed a giant uh, coughing jag, so I hope I will not destroy it too much. What I like about this particular paragraph is unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And then the word smashed, not cracked, not able to be mended, but smashed. I was born a compulsive overeater. I ate from the time I popped out of the womb. And I thought, as I got older and able to think about it, that yes, I did have an eating problem. I could diet myself straight if someone, a doctor, or something scared me straight. But I was unable, under my own willpower, to stop from starting again. And once I started, I gained hundreds of pounds before, for some unknown reason, usually a doctor advising me to stop, I would. I was like that rubber band being snapped back and forth. I couldn't control myself. And I had to understand that I didn't do that analogy. And I did have indeed a mental obsession that drove me back to the food. No matter what it was, I tried everything. And there are so many warnings where in this book that tell us we have to concede. And 
for me, I never said, uh, I'm not as bad as you folks, because I knew I was eating food off the floor, packing food carefully in the garbage so I could take it out again, leaving my babies alone so I could go out and buy food, stealing food off the market, isolating myself. I was miserable. I was locked in a cage of my own device. And I do think I am just like an alcoholic. An alcoholic makes the choice to drink no alcohol, but drinks other kinds of fluids every day. There are certain foods I cannot, I must not, I dare not ingest. I didn't know that back in the day. Now, I've been in programs since 1997, but I have not been recovered since 1997 because they didn't talk about the steps. They talked about the tools, and the tools worked. So I was what you would call a dry drunk. I was not happy, joyous, free. I was a bitch on wheels to be around. <laughs> great, great way for me to end. I have learned so much from this program. If you are struggling, hang in there. If you're new, you're under, you're in for a wonderful ride. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara E. Eileen B., it's your turn. Good morning, Amy. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you for everybody who has shared their experience, strength, and hope this morning. I'm so grateful for this meeting. I am Irene B., a recovering bulimic from Louisiana. You know, um, I read this this, uh, paragraph, and I thought, I can't relate to this. Um, It says in here, absolutely unable to stop drinking on the basis of self-knowledge. And I say, in the basis of self-knowledge only, um, I think it was 1986 or 1988 when I, fir- when I went to the first inpatient treatment program. And there, a therapist told me that I had a very pervasive sense of worthlessness. And so I knew that. And I've known that for 30-plus, almost 40 years, and it hasn't done me any good. I had the self-knowledge that I had a sense of worthlessness, and there wasn't a thing I could do about it, not a thing. And whenever I talk to my sponsor, she frequently says, who's talking to you? Is that, is that your dad talking to you, telling you those things when I when I look at my crazy thinking and my crazy way of looking at things, my distorted way of looking at things. And then she said, try to see yourself through God's eyes, not your dad's eyes. What do you think God sees? How does he see you? Oh, my gosh. I was convinced that the, ten, that the 12 steps wouldn't work because, you know, it didn't tell me how to overcome the things that I needed to overcome. And for me, I needed to know. I was unaware that I had a sense of worthlessness. So I needed to know that I needed to combat that and fight that head on because it wasn't going to go away by itself. 
And then I have found that through the steps and a loving sponsor, I'm healing from that. And then I recently discovered that I have a deep sense of health, self-hatred, that it wasn't just worthlessness, it was self-hatred. I didn't know that. Well, now that I know that, it's like, oh, my gosh, i got to address that as well. And I found out that if you hug yourself, that physiologically it has the same impact as somebody else hugging you. So it's like I didn't think that would be necessary to do that for me. But now that I know, oh, oh, gosh, okay. The thing is the program works. It all works together. That knowledge alone won't do it. But it it helps direct, but it's totally incomplete. And with that, I'll pass, and I thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Arlene B. Okay, we'll next take our next round of sharing. If you could please give me your name. We are on page 39 on that first paragraph. Debbie T. Lauren N. Debbie T. Lauren N. Jody E. And Pam M. Hold on a sec. V and W. Jody. Jody E. Vasa O. Vasa O. Okay. Did you get Pam? Judith M. Okay. I have Debbie T. Lauren N. Leanne W. Jody E. Vasa O. And Judith M. Debbie I T. Think go ahead. you mean Pam M? Uh, oh, Judith. I thought it was Judith M. But was it Pam? <laughs> Pam. Did I hear a yeah. Judith as well? Pam, that's so funny how huh? I could mix that, that one up. But, yeah, okay, Pam, M, and if there is a Judith in there, <laughs> go ahead. All right, Debbie T, go ahead. You're up. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Debbie T, a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio. I'm currently in Florida. Um, I just want to hone in on the knowledge. This was – I haven't shared in a long time, and this is just such a blessing for me this morning. I – Heart is exploding from all the shares, and yes, 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 agreeing with everything. Um, knowledge of what my food was. Um, I thought I knew if I just put down the sugar and the flour and the nuts and the salsa and the chips that I was going to get recovered, and I'm not understanding why I was not in the program, uh, still going through the big book and not understanding. I But... I know I just have to put this down. My last binge was on Brussels sprouts and turkey. And it was that day that I knew that I did not know, that I have no knowledge around this. Um, and it was such a warm blanket from God. It was such a warm blanket of, if I don't know, then there's no pressure. <laughs> if I don't know, then I can just step back, do this process, like it said, lay down in the book. I don't have to define anything or, sorry, I'm, I'm on a walk right now. I know it's a bit windy. Um, I don't have to define it or um, rationalize it or any. I just have to.
to do it. I, I just have to do the process and what it is because I, I don't have knowledge around it. I can't live life. I, so that was just a, a warm blanket for me. So I just want to give those of you on the line um, that are still in the food, that are still struggling, maybe just with this, but like, anger, like I don't know what to eat. Um, put it all down, whatever it is. It isn't, we don't have to know. I don't, I, today I don't have to be like, why is it Brussels sprouts, God? Like, I don't understand. That's it. That's part of the process of I'm powerless. I don't get to know. I don't get to decide. I didn't get to pick my addiction. Um, that I can step back and pressures off, release everything to God, release it all to God in this process. You know, I, um, my sponsor and I talk about this frequently, you know, in the first year of, of, of me being recovered, I didn't understand. I, I, I was like, if all I need is God, why do I need this big book? You know, I just want to lean in on God because I don't know. And so this big book, uh, the way it's laid out, sentence by sentence, um, I don't have to know. So the knowledge of that is I just have to do it. Um, so, yes, uh, ladies and men out there, you guys, there is hope. There is hope in this process. It is beautiful. It is lovely. We have to put it down 100%. Uh, but it's good. Like, it's, we're not missing out on anything. Pressure is off. Um, so, anyway, thank you. I love you all. Have a beautiful day. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Debbie T. Lauren N., you're up. Did you call Lauren? I did. Thank you. I was unmuting. Hello, everyone. Good morning. This is Lauren N. from New York, compulsive overeater and sugar addict. Guess what? I'm an addict. I self-knowledge did me no good at all. I did not, I thought, yeah, just giving up the sugar, giving up um, all kinds of sugar would be it. I thought even artificial sugar, okay, I can get that. But wow, when I gave up salt, that was something. It was just another level. I, self-knowledge did me no good at all. Listening to you guys being involved in this meeting every single day for for almost three years, I think, close to three years, I have learned so much about myself from this. I have learned how to be recovered, how to live my life in a place where is is filled with gratitude. And it's only because of that that I actually can live every day, one day at a time, very clean. Thank you all for being here and for carrying the message and for giving it to me and helping. And if I could, I could live through this and I could do it, everyone can. Because I felt like I was totally the bottom of the heap. And I'm not. And it's only with that that I can remember that. So thank you all. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Leanne W., you are up. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is Leanne W. from Massachusetts. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be on this line today. And thank you for your service. I don't often get to share. I'm typically driving at this time. But 
Um, today I'm here and I'm feeling called to um, to to speak. And so, thank you for calling my name. But um, the self knowledge thing. I've been around OA for a long time, many decades, and I have not been recovered for all that time. But um, the majority of the time I wasn't. The majority of the time I spent trying to figure myself out. I've got degrees in nutrition. I've worked in nutrition research. I've done everything to try to figure out why I am the way that I am. And the bottom line, this is the way God made me. And so, but for the grace of God, I came to this program. And so where does that lead me today? Today, I just fully accept that I may never figure myself out, may never figure out why I have this disease, but I have a solution for this disease. And and for one day at a time, it's arrested, and I'm grateful for that. Um, my knowledge of myself has brought me to the point of knowing that I cannot pick up certain foods and certain foods behaviors, that I have to abstain from them if I want to stay um, living with the, pro- um, the promises of this program. And I've been going through some really challenging times lately, and the food has been in my head, I'm not going to lie, but I know based off of what I've learned in this program, is that's not my solution. My solution is to make phone calls. And so for those of you that have called and you've picked up, thank you. And um, and even if you didn't pick up, I knew that you were there and hearing my voice message. And um, I've been able to write and I've been able to do 10-step turnarounds and I've been able to focus on living my life on what God would have me be. And that's my knowledge for today. My knowledge for today is focused more on what my solution is and the things that I need to do in order to stay recovered so that I can continue to be present um, in life and to be available for others. And so, you know, my lack of understanding and my lack of figuring myself out has brought me to this point of being on my knees and just saying, thank you, God. I have a phone number I can call every day. And I have a list of people that I can turn to, and I have a higher power that's always there. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Jody E., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody E., gratefully recovered anorexic and bulimic in Monterey, California. So I, too, uh, went to nutrition school (laughs) to try to figure out my disease. And I remember, I can remember binging on the way home from class. So self-knowledge is not enough. Not even knowing that I have this allergy of the body is enough and that I must abstain from my alcoholic foods. That is not enough. Neither is knowing that I have to work the 12 steps enough. This program is not for people who want it. It's not for people who need it. It's for people who do it. So I have to work those 12 steps on a daily basis, which uh, when as I'm living in steps 10, 11, and 12, I have to do uh, every day. Something will come up, a fear, a, a resentment still will come up pretty much daily and I have to work those I have to inquire into them and yes I'm I'm coming to know myself better but there's I have to involve another person 
have to reach out to someone else and talk about it. And that's, I believe, where the spirit comes in. It's when I admit to myself, to God and to another human being, the exact natures of my, nature of my wrongs, that something spiritual happens. There's something about talking about it to another person that relieves me. And also, they remind me to turn my attention to someone I can help. So again, I'm getting out of myself, and I'm trying to help somebody else. And transforming my defects of character into action for the best, for the, for the good of all. And I believe that's how God enters the situation, getting me out of myself and into action to be of service to others. So thank you for being there and providing a forum for me to do just that, to get out of myself and to perhaps help somebody else. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Jody E. Okay, Vasa O, it's your turn. Please go ahead. I'm here, Amy. Thank you for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recover, compulsive, overeater. Please time me. And self knowledge, uh, I could receive a, de- a degree in nutrition if I went to school. I did a lot of exploration over the years, how to put the food, how to get thin, how to diet. I mean, I knew how to, I went to the Weight Watchers. I knew how to weigh. I knew how to measure. I knew how to count calories. I did it all. Everything that I've heard here, I've done pretty much everything except in 33 years ago, uh, people used to, um, uh, wired their jaws or have the staples, stum- staples, their stomach. So I went uh, go to a hypnotist, and I was just too embarrassed. And to go to a hypnotist, I was just so afraid they might not get me back, you know. So but I've done it. I've done everything I have heard this at this meeting, and nothing, nothing worked. And I had no clue about the allergy. I had. You know, I, well, the mental obsession, of course. You know, once when I'm, I would go on a diet and the mental obsession would go back, oh, you can have a little bit now. You did so great. Now you can reward yourself. So, but I, I had no clue. I learned everything here. Once I learned there was an allergy, I was terrified because it was getting progressive for me. I did experience, I did a little bulimia. I did anorexia. I did everything I could to control the food, but nothing worked. And w- once I heard that, you know, somebody gave me this book, big book, and they said, just follow the direction they would lay it out. And I had to put everything aside I knew before that because whatever I do, whatever I knew, it did not work. So I needed to try a new way. And I needed to find a power greater than myself. And I, I'm so grateful that I learned this. It was not a religious. This was a spiritual program. I think it was a religious program. I probably wouldn't have not stayed with it. And that was the key for me. Put the food down, especially the sugar, 
I knew I had the allergy, but I didn't know they called it allergy because I wanted it. I wanted more and more and more. So I went cold turkey. I put it down, excuse me, and then all the emotions, all the stuff was coming up. Then I needed to jump to step four and five and then gradually work the rest of the steps the way they laid out. And this is the only thing that has worked for me for 33 years. So if you if you are struggling, they told us, come to six meetings, Vasa. If, you, if this program is not for you, try, you know, try six more meetings, and you'll know. I know from inside this is where I needed to be, and I could identify with everybody else. And this is the only thing that has worked. I was, this was my last hope. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Pam M., you are up. Please go ahead. Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Pam M. from upstate New York. Um, so what? then I read this paragraph, and it said, you know, we could not control our drinking. You know, I translated that to, you know, I could not control my eating. But also what I could not control was hurting other people. I couldn't stop myself from hurting other people, and I couldn't stop myself from hurting myself. Um, and, you know, I'm not someone who wasn't doing uh, self-development. You know, I'm, I, I meditated every day. Um, I, I sat with the gurus. Um, <laughs> I traveled to India. I did all of those things to, to try to find myself. And, um, you know, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't get it. And, um, you know, this program is showing me how, how to be with other people, how to be with myself, and how to live a life that is, you know, spiritually aligned with, with you know, the highest power, whatever you call that. And, um, you know, a couple of days ago, I was, I, I was forgiven by someone who I thought I had harmed, I would never, ever be forgiven. And um, this program showed me how to do that. So um, if you're on the fence, um, if you're thinking, I don't think I'm the, I have this disease, um, you know, I really believe there is no one on earth who would not benefit from this program. So I, I would suggest, you know, put down the food, get a big book sponsor, try it for six months, give it your all, because your life is going to be better. And you can be happy. And the big book shows us how. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Pam M. Okay. So we have time for, you know, one to two shares. So who would like to chime in? Carmela G. Kathy S. There we go. Carmela G. and Kathy S. Carmela, go ahead, please. Thank you so much. This is Carmela G., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um, the reality is brains and body have not been damaged as ours were. My brain, since I have this disease, um, was damaged because my thinking was such a mess. 
So I thought the more credentials I got, the better I could handle it. And I had to, I believed in the statement, knowledge is power. So I sought more knowledge, more knowledge, more power, more power. No one's ever going to tell me I need another degree. And up, up, up the credentials I got and up, up, up the scale I got because the more I sought that power on my own, the fatter I got and the more I wanted to stuff down all those feelings and thoughts. So today I realize whatever your role in life, whatever you are given, whatever talents you are given from your higher power, it's a gift. And just follow them and nurture them and just put one foot in front of the other, staying in the sunlight and living in the steps. And that has given me so much more of a joyful life than I ever could have imagined seeking that knowledge and power. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Carmela G. Kathy S., go ahead and take us out. All right. Thanks, Amy. This is Kathy S. down in Georgia. And um, what really speaks to me, and, and it, besides all the shares that have come before me, um, is this part about being absolutely unable to stop on the basis of self-knowledge. It is just, I just got back from vacation, um, and it's, it's one thing to know who I am as a compulsive overeater and to know that I have this allergy and to know that I have this obsession of the mind, but that alone will not save me um, from this disease. I have to put this, these steps into action on a daily basis. It's not just the tools. It's, it's the entire program, including the spiritual experience. It all has to be um, put together and to be to be worked, just like um, what someone has shared before, this program is for those who do it. And um, you know, I just I never would have survived the vacation just knowing, okay, these are my binge foods. I can't I can't touch them. Every day I had to have that um, quiet time and my prayer time and get centered and grounded, tune into this meeting and then uh, still be of service to others and to reach out when I'm having, when I'm struggling. Because when I like first get around family and on vacation, I slip back into the old Kathy and I, I slip back into some of my old behaviors and, and the things, my defects, and I start operating out of those and immediately I want to eat. And of course, everybody around me, they're on vacation and they want to eat and they're drinking and everything's going on. And I'm like, ah, but I have to, you know, again, just step out of myself and, and work this program. And, and this has been, it was the most amazing experience um, of my life. I, without engaging in all that food and in all that drinking, I had the best time relating to the family and friends that, that I was with. It was miraculous. It never would have happened if it weren't for this program and for the grace of God, of course. And 
Um, I don't know. I, there's just really nothing more to add. It was just, it was incredible because it was bitter experience in the past that drove me to the desperation I needed to work this program and to stay there. I wasn't willing to lose it. And, um, and the food just wasn't, it wasn't worth it. And every morning I woke up and I just I felt even stronger. So thank you so much for everything. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy S., for wrapping it up for us. And I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following. And for those who would like to know, today, Wednesday, July 10th, 2019, the recording ID number is 13,133. That's 13133. We are now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Ginger C., could you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.